what's the one thing that as mothers we can all do? And in fact, this message goes beyond mothers to every single believer in this room, every single person joining us online. This message is for all of us something, one thing we can do that means in life that whilst we might feel like we're not getting things perfect, whilst, whilst we might feel like our lives are not measuring up, there is one thing we can do that guarantees we will not fail, and in fact, that God has the victory. And I'm here to talk about that one thing that all of us can do today, and especially that mothers can do. That one thing is pray. I want to talk to us today about the power of our prayers, about the fact that a praying people can change the world. A praying dad, a praying mum, a praying grandma and granddad, people in the church that simply pray, no matter what on the outside it looks like we're not achieving or doing or looking like, the fact of the matter is that if we pray, we will experience something greater than what the world would say is great. The best kind of parent, the best kind of believer is one that prays. You know, I want to remind us of the power of our prayers today. We might fail in our parenting, but we cannot fail in our praying. I want to say today that we need to know in our daily lives the importance of prayer. Samuel Chadwick writes and says, the one concern of the devil is to keep Christians from praying. He laughs at our toil mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. See, prayers can change the world. Those are not words. That is truth. Our prayers have the power to change cities, nations, lives, to turn things around, to see healing come, to see the will of God come to earth. Our prayers are effectual and powerful, and the devil wants us to not understand. He just wants us to stay in a feeling of failure. But Christians, we don't live in failure when we live in prayer. Prayer is the thing that we can do. You know, let it not be said that we failed to pray. You know, I want to say that this is for all of us, not just for mothers, not just for parents. Every person today, this message is going to apply to you. It's time for us to get busy talking to Jesus. It's time to get busy talking to Jesus. I want to talk about a mum in the Bible who understood the power of talking to Jesus, and her name was Hannah. And Hannah is an amazing woman in the Bible. Looking around today, I know that there are many people who are incredible prayer warriors, but I want to encourage us all that prayer is something that we just do. Just like reading the Bible, you know, we can go deeper and deeper into God's Word and more becomes revealed, but what we've got to do is just do it. Just read the Bible. Prayer is the same. We can go deeper and deeper into prayer, and that's the beauty of it, as we discover more about praying. But the most important thing is what? Just that we do it, that we just pray, that we just talk to Jesus. You know, as Christians, sometimes we don't do something because we make it too hard or we complicate it. But Hannah was a mom who talked to Jesus, and I want to read us her story today. 
I want us to dig into the life of Hannah for just a moment and understand why her prayers were powerful and her prayers changed history. So let's have a look in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and you can follow along on the screen today, starting reading in chapter 1 and verse 9. Hannah was desperate to have a son. It says, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting in his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you and he will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. That was the dedication of the Nazarites. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her and seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. No, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. I'm very discouraged. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Thank you, sir, she exclaimed. And she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The Lord remembered Hannah, and in due time she gave birth to a son. I just want to read from verse 24. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought the bull for the sacrifice, the flour and the wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And Hannah then prayed. She prays again. My heart rejoices in the Lord, for the Lord made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And I'll, I'll leave it there, but she goes on praying and praise. You see, Hannah was suffering. She was suffering because her husband, Elkanah, had another wife, Penaniah, and Penaniah had children to her husband, Elkanah, and Hannah was barren. Hannah was childless. And in that day and age, that was a difficult thing to be childless. And she was desperately grieved about her state. And you know, her rival, Penaniah, is rubbing it in her face. She's sitting there everywhere she goes. Penaniah is saying, this is your fault. I've got children. This is your fault. There's something wrong with you. There's something wrong. There's something missing in you. And she is mocking her mercilessly. She is tearing strips from her. And poor Hannah is subjected to this emotional abuse, this emotional pain day after day as Penaniah takes her pound of flesh from Hannah. And it gets to the point, Hannah's sitting at the feast, and it's so bad she can't eat. She's grieving. There's her rival again telling her what a failure she is. And so 
she says her husband comes along and he loves her, but he comes along and he says, Hannah, what's wrong? She says, um, you know, Penaniah's been, you know, tormenting me. I don't have a child. And he says, but Hannah, aren't I greater than 10 sons? He's like, Hannah, you have me. I love it when husbands think they are the answer to every problem that we face, every challenge. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> and she's like, yes, she's, you're marvelous, but it didn't work. <laughs> and so Hannah decides in her pain, in her difficulty, and this is what we do or need to do when we're going through emotional difficulty, when we're in pain or turmoil or things aren't right with what we're facing, she decides to go to the temple. And she goes to the temple and she begins to cry. She begins to pour out her heart to God. And she simply prays, God, would you give me a child? You know, the Bible says that the words don't even come out of her mouth. That's why Eli thinks she's drinking. It's like the words even aren't articulated. It's literally a cry in her heart. I think that's powerful if you think about prayer, isn't it? That it's simply the cry of her heart towards God. And the Bible says that he hears her cry. He hears her prayer. And incredibly, he answers her prayer and gives her the gift of a son, Samuel. Samuel, who she vows to give back to God. She vows that the blessing God gives, she will return it back to God. What an amazing woman. I want to say that in this narrative today of her barrenness, I want us to see more than just a narrative of barrenness to fertility. I want us to see more than death to life. I want us to see more than loss to fruitfulness. I want us to see the fact that when our hearts are burdened with pain or struggle or something tough that happens in our lives, when our hearts are burdened, that this is a story that applies to our experience. That whatever our struggle is, whatever the difficulty is that we're faced with, this is our narrative as well. That if we would take it to God in prayer, that if we would come before him, cry out to him, that he would hear our prayer and respond on our behalf. See, this narrative is for all of us today. It applies to all of our experience. Maybe for the mothers in this room, maybe the moment your child tells you that they're being bullied at school, maybe the moment they're having trouble with their friends, or maybe they just don't seem to be themselves, their usual chipper self, maybe when they don't wanna to go to church with you anymore, or they're being rebellious at home, they're getting in with the wrong crowd, or perhaps there's a new anxiousness and they can't sleep at night. They're struggling to sleep. Perhaps when they are physically sick or their bodies are injured, when they've been in accidents, those are the moments when the pain of our experience is meant to become the prayer of our hearts. God wants us to take our pains and our burdens and turn them into prayers. For all of us, this is how we do not fail. This is how the people of God win. This is the victory we have when we take our pain and we make it our prayer. When we look upon the suffering and the needs and we don't just sit back, but we step forward and speak out. You know, Hannah's prayer of pain, it doesn't just change her life. I mean, her life is turned around. Incredibly, she has Samuel 
And at the age of five, she does honor her promise, and she brings him to Eli the priest and presents him at the temple. But the Bible says she goes on to have five more children. God abundantly answered her prayer. But Hannah's prayer didn't just change her life. It changed the nation. You see, prayers are legacy. Prayers do not last for the moment. Prayers last for eternity. Prayers last for eternity. How do I know this? Because in the book of Revelation, it says that there is a gold bowl full with the prayers of the saints, and it is literally presented to God in heaven. Prayers go to Him like incense. Just as every tear we ever cry is precious to God, so is every prayer we ever pray. And that prayer has always got wonder-working power to keep on working. Prayer creates legacy. Prayer creates legacy. It changes nations. You know, Hannah needs an answer. So she doesn't go to her friends. She doesn't go simply to her husband. She goes to the house of God. She goes to God. And in her pain, she seeks him. When I was growing up in youth group, uh, I've always remembered this because we got taught that God had a phone number. I know, isn't that cool? We got taught that God has a phone number. Do you want to know what God's phone number is? (laughs) It's not triple seven, but good good try. (laughs) I'll tell you, it's definitely not 666, right? (laughs) It is Jeremiah 333. So you can dial 333. The Bible says in Jeremiah 333, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Oh, we have that ability. Come on, we need to get on the phone to God. We need to get on the phone to God. Get off the social media on our phone and get on the phone to God. Let's call to Him because He will answer us when there are things that we don't understand. See, prayer gives us God's perspective. You know, there were other people in the Bible that they didn't have the perspective they needed and they went to God in prayer. Think of Rebecca, the wife of Isaac. She's pregnant and suddenly there's this like, jostling. There's all this jostling in her stomach. They didn't have, what's it called? Ultrasound. They didn't have scans. She's like puzzled. I don't know what's going on. And so she goes to God in prayer and he says, the reason that this is happening is you're pregnant with twins. And those twins are two rival nations and the younger will serve the older. See, when she went to God in prayer, not only did she call to him and receive her answer, she was shown great and mighty things that she didn't know. She got to see that prayer revealed the future. You know, sometimes when we go to God in prayer, he begins to reveal things that we hadn't seen or were hidden before, that were hidden. It's been interesting. We've had an incredible team member in our church, Nehana Randall, who we all love dearly. He's had a terrible accident, motorbike accident, and he has suffered, you know, severe injuries, but his spirit is so strong. He is a mighty man of God, and you know what's happened as we've been praying for him? There is something that has been revealed about his life that perhaps had been hidden before, and there's a calling of God that's come around his life that had been hidden before. 
You see, when we call to God, He starts to show us great and mighty things. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in our pain, the promise is realized. Sometimes in our pain, the purpose becomes clear. And God wants to show us that that prayer that we pray, we might fail at this, not succeed at this, things aren't going well, but when we pray... Oh, we're doing something that's going to create a legacy, something where he can begin to show us things. You know, when Hannah prayed, she realized that this child wasn't going to be for her, but she was presenting him to God. See, when she prayed, she got great and mighty things that she didn't know. You know, when I was pregnant with Will, he's going to love this story. No, he really won't. But uh, when I was pregnant with Will, I was just praying in my lounge at one night. That's where I like to pray is my lounge. I can shut the door. It's like my little close off room. And I, I went in there and prayed and you know, I was just praying, wasn't really praying even for Will, and suddenly a picture came into my mind, and I had a picture of Will, this is, you know, he's in my tummy, I haven't seen him, and in my picture he was tall and good looking and blonde, and he had a couple of buddies on either side of him, and they were walking on the beach, each with a drawn sword, and I saw a smile and a strength on his walk and in his face, and you know, I was like, wow, that's amazing, but at the time, it wasn't of great significance. But when Will was three, he was diagnosed with an illness. The doctor says this can cause paralysis. She said, you need to go straight to the hospital. So I get in my car and guess what I start to do? I start to pray. I call the intercessors as well. I'm like, I'm not going to be the only one praying. <laughs> get everybody praying. Dan and Tini, who are here visiting, they were alongside me praying and, you know, we started to pray. And as I'm driving in the car, God quickened to my mind that picture I had when I had been pregnant. And I was like, it's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. He's going to be strong and healthy. Even though this might be a moment, it won't be the lifetime. And you begin to hold to the great and mighty things that God has revealed to us. Because prayer will give us God's perspective. It will give us God's perspective even when we're in the middle of it. Prayer will often prepare us for the future just as it did for Hannah. You know, I want to say about Hannah's prayer this, it was simple. It wasn't complex. She wasn't trying to understand all the territorial spirits. She wasn't trying to figure everything out in the heavenlies, but she just fought the good fight. She just prayed. Her prayer was simple. I want us to understand that prayer is not hard to do. It is not complicated. And in fact, when Jesus, the disciples come to him, they say, how, teach us how to pray he gives a very simple prayer. He just says, this is how you do it. Our Father who art in heaven. Just seven lines. Not complicated. Sometimes we make things so much harder than they really are. Just what matters is that we pray. I want to encourage us to pray. What's, what's the thing you're desperate for today? What's the thing that's on your heart? Could be something positive that you're hoping for. Or it could be a burden that you're carrying. I want to encourage us all that it's time to petition. It's time to seek God. It's time to win that spiritual fight by simply opening our mouths, going to God in prayer. You know, someone said, when life knocks you to your knees, well, that's the best position in which to pray, isn't it? James 5.16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Oh, come on. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You know, our prayers, they leave earth. They are not natural. Our prayers are not natural. 
Our prayers are spiritual, and our prayers have supernatural power attached to them. Remember that those prayers are presented to God in heaven. You know, one of the amazing things about Hannah's prayer, she uses a phrase that is mentioned for the first time ever in the Old Testament. She uses this phrase when she prays, the Lord of hosts, or the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of heaven's armies. When she prays, she knows who she's praying to, a God who is powerful, a God who has armies in heaven at his disposal, a God who has ministering angels that are sent to minister to the saints. She understands who she is praying to, that it is a God in heaven who hears her prayer. You know, her prayer of pain that empowered God's will on earth, it gave her peace even in the absence of her answer. I want to talk to us today about that. It says that Hannah, after praying, she went back and ate and she was no longer sad. Uh, the amazing thing about prayer is that it gives us the ability to let go of our burden and trust in God. Philippians says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You know, when we pray, even in the midst of the burden and the challenge and the struggle, no matter what it is, we can find that kind of peace. When we let the fear and the worry be displaced by putting Jesus at the center, it removes the problem from the center of our focus and makes us focus on Jesus himself. You know, her prayers were so powerful. Oh my goodness, Hannah's prayers achieved so much more than that one moment of prayer. They achieved so much more than she even realized. Okay, I've got to tell you about this. Because in giving birth to Samuel, Hannah changed a nation. In giving birth to Samuel from this one prayer. See, Samuel's name, when she named him, his name means heard of God or asked of God. So every time Hannah's going, Samuel, Samuel, if it's like at my house, that's a lot of times. <laughs> every time Samuel hears his name, do you know what he learns? The power of prayer. Every time he hears his name, he's like asking of God, heard of God, asking of God. And so it's no wonder that Samuel became a man of prayer himself. He could never doubt the power of prayer because he was birthed in it. You know, she birthed one of the greatest men in the Bible through one prayer. I want to I tell us about Samuel because the thing is, this was one prayer. Our one prayer, our one prayer could do something amazing. Do not doubt the power of your prayer because it's powerful and effective and avails much. I've got to tell us about Samuel today. Did you know that Samuel was a prophet, a priest, and a judge? He was one of the first prophets after Moses, and he was the last of the judges. He was confirmed as a prophet. 1 Samuel 3 says, as Samuel grew, the Lord was with him. Everything Samuel said proved to be reliable, and all Israel knew that Samuel was confirmed as prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel, and Samuel's words went out to all of the people of Israel. Samuel was the leader and the judge of the nation of Israel in his day. All of the nation's enemies were subdued in his lifetime. Think about that. From one prayer, a nation's enemies were subdued for his lifetime. 
he anointed, Samuel anointed Israel's first two kings. He anointed both Saul and David. And you see, because he anointed David, he ushered in the Davidic lineage of Jesus Christ. When he passed away, all of Israel gathered for his funeral. You see, all of this from one prayer by one mother who had one request. I want to say, our prayers are powerful. We might think we're not achieving much, but our prayers do more than we realize. It's time for us to simply say, I'm going to start talking to Jesus. I'm going to start talking to Jesus. And I'm going to teach my children that talking to Jesus is effective and will avail much. If the band could join me now, it would be amazing. I want to finish just before we pray together today. And I've asked my beautiful friend, Rattini, to pray in just a moment. But I want to tell you a story about a mother in our church. And get ready, this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell you about the prayers of Hyseni Parata. You see, Hyseni Parata's daughter, Tanisha, had cancer. She's had to have chemotherapy for three years. Her daughter, Tanisha, was raised in a Christian home but had walked away from God. When she became unwell, she started to seek Jesus. For three years, her and her mother would be in and out of hospital for treatment. The doctor's reports weren't very promising, but her mother prayed constantly for both her healing and her salvation. Tanisha writes and says, there was a time when things weren't looking so promising. The doctor mentioned the use of a drug that wasn't available in the country just yet. I was distraught about the thought of this. My mother came rushing in to visit me. When she arrived, she lay hands on me and covered me with prayer. I felt an instant peace as she prayed over me. She called me later to tell me as she played the song, The Blessing in the Car. She felt God's promise to her that the blessing would be on her children and her children. And as she got that word from God, she rang her daughter and she said, everything's going to be all right. God's with you. God's got you. This, Tanisha says, was what I needed. It boosted my hope and my faith. In the end, I didn't need the medicine. Tanisha is now cancer-free. Tanisha is healed. At her first birthday that she had when she was out of hospital in three years, in front of her Fano, she professed her faith to all her family and friends. She is not only healed, but she is on fire for Jesus. And to top it all off, if that's not enough, she is getting baptized tonight in our city campus on Mother's Day. Come on, somebody got to praise the Lord about Tanisha's story and Hyseni's faith. A praying mother, a praying mother can change history. Who believes that? Would you stand to your feet across this room this morning and wherever you are joining us online, Mastered in Rolleston, Wanganui, Selwyn, come on, let's jump to our feet. I believe 
our prayers are powerful and effective and avail much. Come on, powerful, effective and avail much. Let us never doubt the power of our prayers. Let us never doubt the power of God to turn up and turn things around. There is no situation that is futile. futile. There is no situation where His wonder-working power is not available. There is all power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the healing oil of the Holy Spirit. My friends, we need to open our mouths and we need to begin to pray. The saints need to begin to pray and believe that your prayer can turn the world around because it sure can, my friends. It sure can. This morning, beautiful Pastor Rotini Tiedi. Can you welcome her? Come here, beautiful. My dear, dear friend, pastoring an amazing church on the Gold Coast, seeing so many people saved. It's a move of God. I've asked her to pray this morning because she is a powerful woman of God. And I want you to pray for all of us. Come on, Rotini. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your presence in this room. We thank you for an open heaven over Arise Church, over New Zealand, over Australia even. We thank you, God, for every mother represented in this space and mothers who are watching online. We declare your blessing. We declare life over every single mum. We declare, Lord God, a continuation, Lord God, of your activation throughout every single mum. Lord God, we thank you for your weaponizing gifts that you have placed in the hands of every single mother. We thank you, Lord God, for the outworking of your kingdom. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for the power of prayer. And we thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. In your precious name, amen, amen, amen. 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 Yes, God. Yes, God. We stand in the presence of a powerful, almighty God. And so, Lord, for those of us burdened right now, Lord, we lift up our burden to you. We lift up our request to you. Oh, Jesus, you see, you see the need, you see the cry. And God, we believe today that you would put an almighty yes alongside our prayer. Add your yes to our prayer. God, we thank you that you hear us today as we pray. And Father, we ask that your blessing would be on generations. Let there be legacy established as we pray today.